Hello, precious brothers and sisters. Hey, have you ever said something to somebody and what you said was not necessarily what they heard or what you even meant? My name is Jody Coward, and I would like to welcome you to the Blood of the Lamb Ministries' new podcast, Twisted Perspectives. Twisted Perspectives is about expressions that you've often heard, but we've put a new and slightly twisted biblical perspective on them. And occasionally, we'll even discuss some other biblical topics. On today's episode, I would like to share with you three audio vignettes. The first one will be entitled, All You Can Eat Buffet. The second will be entitled, Are You Hungry? And the third one will be entitled, Landing Zones. Each of these episodes shares a common theme of enjoying God's presence. So I want to ask you a question. Just how much of God's presence do you desire to have in your life? All-you-can-eat buffet. I have found myself being very, very grateful for God's momentary visits. But on the other hand, I am desperate for more of Him. While visiting one of these buffets one time, I had a thought. Does God consider our worship to be a buffet of delectable delights. You know, like pure abandonment of yourself, single-mindedness of your thoughts all focused on Him. How about a serving of extravagant love poured out upon Him? And if He does consider our worship to be a buffet, does He get full and satisfied, or do we leave Him just wanting more? I don't know, it's just a thought. What I do know is that I need more of him. All you can eat buffet. Here's the second one. Are you hungry? Let's see. Tacos, pizza, calzone, barbecue, fried chicken, fried fish, or how about a cheeseburger? Are you hungry yet? Are you? I'm not. I'm absolutely starving but for something more than tacos or barbecue. I'm hungry for more of Jesus, more of him in me, more of him in my family, more of him in our church, and even more of him in you. I want more of his manifested presence, his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. I want more of him. Jesus said these words, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. I'm absolutely hungry for more of Jesus. And I'm believing that his word is true, that if we hunger for him, we will be filled. So may your heart cry today be more of Jesus. More of you, Jesus. More of you. The third one for today, Landing Zone. Do you know what a landing zone is? In the military, they call it an LZ. An LZ is a runway built for landing aircraft. They are built in various sizes and lengths. The size of the LZ will determine the size or the amount of aircraft that can land on it. For example, you cannot land an F-16 jet on a football field, but you could certainly land a helicopter on one. Well, you know, that kind of got me thinking. It reminds me of the two cherubims that are on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Their wings were stretched out towards each other, 
and the space between them contained a fire when God's presence was there. I think of that small space between their wings as kind of a landing zone for God's presence to land on. So could it be that when one person stands in a position of worship with their arms stretched towards heaven, that the space between their arms is an LZ for God's presence to land? But here's another thought. Imagine, if you will, two worshipers standing apart, arms raised, giving their heartfelt worship to Jesus. Maybe the space between their raised arms is a larger type of LZ. Now the one person praising God, well, maybe that's a helicopter size LZ. Maybe the two worshipers can build a larger LZ to land an F-16 size or amount of the presence of God to land on. I don't know, but I do know that I want more of Jesus. So can I find somebody today to help me build an F-16 size LZ for him to land on? Landing Zone. In today's episode, I asked the questions, number one, if you were hungry. I proposed the question that maybe God considered our worship and praise to be a delightful all-you-can-eat buffet. I even suggested the thought of building an LZ or a landing zone for the glory of God to land on. Now, I haven't been able to find any biblical evidence that the answers to these questions were yes, but in 28 years of chasing after God, I can honestly tell you that it's my heart's desire to experience the manifested presence of God. I have had several encounters with the Spirit of God, all of which I am extremely grateful for. But at the same time, the more encounters I have with Him, the more of Him that I want. The more of Him I discover leaves me knowing that there is so much more of Him to discover. Now, throughout the years, the Lord has used my daughter to teach me about our relationship with Him. What do I mean by that? One particular instance, Talitha was about five or six years old, I guess. And she crawled up into my lap and she squeezed my cheeks and looked at me with those beautiful blue eyes of hers and said, I love you, Daddy. My response was, what do you want? And she crawled down and said, I don't want nothing. I just wanted to tell you I loved you. Several years went by and I guess she was probably close to being a teenager. And I remember sitting on the couch and she crawled up next to my shoulder, leaned her head on my shoulder and said, Dad... I sure do love you. My response again was, what do you want? And she, she said, I don't want nothing. I just wanted to tell you I love you. Now, these things have taught me about God that sometimes God wants us to go tell him and make a phone call to him, if you will, and say, hey, Dad, I love you. That's all he wants. I'd like to go over some things in God's word that over the years has helped me and continues to help me in my pursuit of his presence. Now, before we dive into this, I'd like to say that if all you're looking for from God is your next miracle or seeing what kind of blessing that God will bless you with, well, then you probably won't find this very helpful. But for those who desire to experience the tangible presence of God, let me encourage you to jump into the river with me. Here we go. Are you ready? I want to start by reading in the book of Psalms 
chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Bible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I call out to you by day, but you don't answer. And by night, but I find no rest or no quiet. But you are holy, O oh, you who are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. And you our fathers trusted, leaned on, and relied on, and they were confident in. They trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you, and they were delivered. They trusted in you, and they were not disappointed or shamed. Now let's back up a minute. In verse 1, the psalm says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus quoted this same psalm on the cross. And I personally believe that it was the first time he experienced being separated from his father. He was separated from his father because God cannot look on sin, and Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world. Verse number two, unanswered prayers. You ever felt like your prayers were being unanswered? One translation of this psalm, after it says that, in verse number three, it says, Nevertheless, but you are holy, and you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now, the Amplified Bible says the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. That was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, where the praises of us are offered is within ourself, our spirit, our body, our soul. God dwells in those places. What does this word enthroned mean? What does this word inhabit mean? Some translation says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance. Enthroned is an adjective, and it means holy or sacred, which means set apart. Inhabits is a verb. It means to sit or to remain or to dwell. So we could say it like this. God inhabits. He rests in. He sits upon. He dwells within his people's heartfelt worship and adoration of him. Now listen, I'm not suggesting that God is only present when his people are worshiping him. God is not confined to one place. God has no bounds. He is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere at all times. But I do personally believe that this psalm is talking about the tangible manifested presence of the creator of heaven and earth. When Jesus is glorified and his people lift up and magnify his name, God really does enjoy that, and he draws near to us as we worship and praise him. Now let's go over to John chapter 9, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, verses 31 through 33. Now Jesus has just healed a blind man, and the Pharisees want to know what happened to him. And they keep hounding him and hounding him, and this was his answer. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. Verse 31, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not have done it. I want to say this, it is God's will that his children worship, praise, and love on him, just like my daughter did all those years ago. And sometimes she continues to do that still to this day. Sometimes she'll call me or text me and just say, hey, I just wanted you to know I love you. And I cannot tell you how much that means to me. Now, I want to throw this in there, too. 
our idea of church and God's idea of church, to me, are two different things. What do I mean by that? I mean, we go to church, and this is what we say in our hearts, God bless us, God bless us. But God has this funny idea that we gather at church to bless Him. I personally believe that God created us to fellowship with Him and to worship and adore Him as our Creator. Now, if we do all this worshiping and seeking of God, God actually gives us a promise. And I want to read it to you out of Jeremiah chapter 29 out of the Amplified Bible. And I'm going to be reading verses 12 through 14. Verse 11 is a very famous verse, but I'm not going to read that. If you want to read it, go back and, and look at it in Jeremiah 29. But for the purpose of where I'm going with this, I want to read these to you. Verses 12 through 14. Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. And I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. Then, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. I don't know about you, but to me, the God that I've come to know, he is a vital necessity. I can't live one day without him. I don't want to make any decisions without him. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes, and I will free you and gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place where I've sent you into exile. Now, I don't want to talk about the exile and, and none of that stuff, because really, for the purposes of this study and the lesson on the Twisted Perspectives today, it has no bearing whatsoever. But... I do want to continue on. In Psalm 72, verses 12 through 14, out of the Passion Translation, He will care for the needy and neglected when they cry to Him for help. The humble and helpless will know His kindness, for with a Father's compassion He will save their souls. They will be rescued from tyranny and torture, for their life blood is precious in His eyes. What does it mean to be needy? Most people, when they read that or hear that, they, they think of somebody being poor, poverty-stricken, pardon me. According to the Strong's Concordance, the word needy is in the sense of want, W-A-N-T, especially in the feeling of being destitute. Here again, I am desperate for God, and I am destitute without Him. I remember what it was like when I lived without God. My own wife and daughter really didn't like me. I didn't even like myself. And once I met God, I learned really quickly, and I continue to learn today, that I am absolutely nothing without Him. I was nothing before He came into my life, and I would be nothing if He ever left me. Now let's continue on. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, a lot of people call this the Sermon on the Mount. I have personally come to believe that it is the culture of the kingdom. Every society, every sector of society has a culture. No different than the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I think it's the contemporary English version. I believe that's what it's called. Verse number six of chapter five. God blesses those people who want to obey him more than to eat or drink, and they will be given what they want. The King James says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hey, listen, Jesus is our righteousness. And since he is our righteousness, if we hunger and thirst after him, we will be filled. This translation said, 
those people that want to obey him more than they want to eat or drink. I've often said this in the churches that I've, I've taught these Bible studies at. You will have an experience with God when you want to have that more than you want to take your next breath. I believe that's a true statement. I know in all the times I've had an encounter with God, it was out of sheer desperation for him. So anyhow, onward through the lesson. Now in Luke chapter 19, verses 37 through 40, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. As soon as he got to the bottom of the Mount of Olives, the crowd of his followers shouted with loud outburst. This is where Jesus was coming to the city of Jerusalem, and they were laying down palm branches. Disrupted the Pharisees' church service is basically what happened. Verse 38, they shouted over and over, highest praises to God for the one who comes as king in the name of the Lord. King James says, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 39. Now, some Jewish religious leaders, those were the quote-unquote pastors and ministers of the church, who stood off from the procession, said to Jesus, Teacher, order your followers at once to stop saying these things. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to get close to Jesus, there's always going to be somebody that don't like it, somebody that says you're out of your mind? I can go all kinds of places with that, but I won't. But when you're trying to chase after Jesus, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like it. And it very well might be somebody in the church. But listen to Jesus' response. Verse number 40. Jesus responded, listen to me. If my followers were silenced, that's you and me. We are followers of Jesus. And if we were silent... Jesus said the very stones would break forth with praises. Now, I don't know about you, but I am—I flat refuse to let a rock outpraise me when it comes to praising God. I mean, what is a rock? It doesn't even have a mouth. It has no eyes. It has no ears. It has no heart. It has no brain to think. But Jesus said, if we don't praise him, the rocks will. So I don't know about you, but I am not going to let a rock outpraise me. So anyhow... That is our lesson for today. I hope and pray that it gave you some kind of sense of knowing that you were created to worship. I hope and pray that it gives you some kind of sense of knowing that God can never get enough of your praise to him. As a father, I can tell you, I never get enough of my daughter loving on me. Never. And God is no different. God loves to be told about his son and what his son has done for you. So if you don't mind, I would like to close this out again today with a prayer. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I lift up all these listeners to you. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit would bring revelation knowledge to this lesson today. Bring it revelation to them. I ask, Father, that you would draw them to you like a magnet and let them know, Father, that they are precious to you. And let them know that they are but the creation and you are the creator. And simply worship and praise you, Father, because of who you are and that you simply deserve it. Father, you are the one and true living God. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the God and Father of the Savior, Jesus the Christ, whose blood takes away the sins of the world. You are the creator of heaven and earth and all that is within them. And you are worthy, Father, to be praised, worthy to be glorified, worthy of all of our praise. And so we 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, we love you. Until next time. I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with your questions, your comments, or even your prayer request, you can do so at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D 59 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies.